So here's the deal. I'm going to lay the groundwork for where we're going. If you're like me, you like to know where we're going. Um, no teaching, no preaching this morning. Um, I'm going to write a couple things on this board behind me, and I'm going to push you to go out back into your normal atmosphere, whether it's home, lunch, this evening, and you and the Lord process and think on these things. Sound good? That's what we're going to do. We're going to walk through some things this morning. I was asked by a dear friend uh, just last Sunday, like, I want to hear your story. I want to hear what you've been through. I want to hear how this all came about. Um, how, like this life of yours, because I didn't take the typical journey and I'm not going to tell my story now. I haven't really told my story very many times, but it, it, it includes, um, I will say, a, a path less traveled. I had a former life had a former uh, job, and, and here I am today. I encountered the Holy Spirit. Some of you call him the Holy Ghost. Some of you don't know who that is. Um, and, and I encountered the Holy Spirit about four years ago, and my life has never been the same. What happened in about that four-year mark, four years ago, God encountered me in a way that I had never been taught, ever been told, never said, hey, guys, uh, Scott, get ready for this, because when you hit this part of your Christian walk and the journey, this is what's going to happen. I was never told that. I encountered the Holy Spirit in a way that um, he was foreign to me, to be honest. I had no idea who he was. Um, I didn't know that you could have a friendship with the Holy Spirit. And, and so I started to journey with him. And, and listen, I'm going to say something that may scare some of you, but I opened my mind to new things. And some of you have been taught, and we're going to talk about this this morning, that you've been taught that like, if you open your mind, spooky stuff may get in. And that's not the case. You see, I opened my mind to things, opened my mind up to things of the Lord and the Holy Spirit invaded my mind and started teaching me new things. I started hearing new things. Listen, I started experiencing new things. I just had, a, I have a brother that's on the front row. He's one of our intercessors. He's also on our leadership team here at this church. Just literally had a 15 minute conversation after the first service of like, man, we got, we got to start teaching people um, how to practice like the gift of healing. It's not been talked about in the churches that I grew up being a part of. And I understand that it's something new to me. It's probably something very foreign, maybe new to you. And so what I want to do here this morning is I want to walk you through a little bit of my journey. Um, and, and I have intercessors that have been praying this morning because my one goal of this morning was to present some, some reality of culture, of what I grew up in and I know many of you grew up in. But help me, Lord, to present it in a way of grace. I don't want to come out as someone being sharp against someone who may literally have poured their life into your life. And it has led you to this place where you have way more questions than you have anything else. I'm probably under the influence of the Holy Spirit this morning going to affect some of the things that you have thought or processed as you have journeyed in your life. For instance, I, I, this message is for every age group this morning, but I look across this crowd and I see young people and I am so thankful that our young people, hopefully you're sixth grade and above sitting in here because we have a phenomenal children's ministry for birth through fifth grade. But if, if I love the fact that I see young ones sitting in here because I wish, and I look, I, I wish I would have been exposed to 
this in my early days. Like in my early days, the only reason I went to church was because if you didn't go to church on Sunday morning, you were not eating at mammals that afternoon. And that is literally y'all laugh. That is not a joke. Memo had a good lunch and so you went to church. But I have memories of church of not hearing any talk of the Holy Spirit. And I even grew up under, listen, I grew up under godly men who read the scriptures and loved Jesus. And I'm not being negative. I have the utmost respect for those people. But I was never informed of a personal relationship. Yes, with Jesus. I got saved in 97, but I was never introduced to the person of the Holy Spirit that I could have a relationship with him like I have relationships with many of you. No one ever told me that. You see, my mindset, the way I thought was being shaped, and again, by very good intentions. But it was not being shaped by God and the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, that's what I want to introduce and push you, encourage you to go have conversations. And I think that I look and I see these young people and I'm like, man, I'm so jealous That the Holy Spirit is going to be speaking to you today and introducing himself to you in such a beautiful way. Do you know why we sit down so quietly and reserved in church? Do you know why? It's because our parents and grandparents and forefathers, they did that. You know, we, and I'm not going to pick on her. She's, she's a friend of ours and she's from New York. Well, she didn't grow up with parents and grandparents sitting still in church. You may have seen her. I love her. I love it when she comes to our church. She runs laps around this place. Amen? I want to be exposed to whatever the Holy Spirit has for me and you and this community. And I'm going to go ahead and say this because my mind is open. I am open to anything, whether that's running around If God says to me, as he's speaking to me this week, Scott, I need you to be quieter in church. Then I'm going to be quieter in church. I am open to whatever he has to say to me about anything. Fair enough. So here's what we're going to journey on. I'm going to write a couple of things on the board today. We're going to discuss it. And then you may say, I've never been a part of anything supernatural. Can I tell you for us to move forward out of this place, something supernatural has to take place in here. Man has gotten us to this place, but man cannot fix where we are, okay? Only Holy Spirit. And when I say the Holy Spirit, do you know what I mean? I mean God as presence and power here in this room. Like God, creator of everything, is in this very room through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's who he is. He's not spooky. He's not angry with you. He is not condemning you. He is my friend. He and I have conversations all the time. We've talked about this very service. And he wants to be your friend and walk with you on a second by second basis. So we're going to open our minds to him this morning. And we're going to see where this thing goes. Fair enough. 
Okay, here we are. There's a few things that make up your life. There are just a few. There's a few of the essentials. They call them the basics. You need food, water, shelter, and some of you it's optional clothing, right? That's just the basics of life. Those are the things. Now, under that, there are a few, um, I will just say, very important essentials to life. And that's what I'm going to write on this board. And what I want you to do with your spouse, if you're not married, I want you to do it by yourself. I want you to go home today. And I want you to start taking an inventory of who or what is influencing these very important elements of your life. And I'm going to go quickly this morning, really fast, because I want to be done here at 12 o'clock and I want to pray over many of you in this room. So I'm going to go quickly through scripture. I had two stories that I was going to break down and tell you about. I'm going to only tell you one. I'll give you the reference to the other. You can go home and read it by yourself, but I want to go through this and here's where we start. So we have things like this, um, family, who or what is defining your belief about family, all right? And I'm just gonna throw a couple of them them up here. I wanna throw one big one up here, God. That's a huge one. Who is influencing the way that you perceive, think about, trust God? I know how it worked for me. For me, it was, I just listened to like my, my wife back when we were boyfriend and girlfriend. Honestly, I had no clue, really no interest in Jesus, could care less. But because she was hot, I wanted to be around her. She was a pastor's daughter. I had to go to church. I mean, who would have thought? I'm glad I didn't start dating like some biker chick or something. Who knows where I'd have turned out? I know, man, I love you. It's a wild ride, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. I don't even know where I was going. I do know, but I'm trying to just compose myself. I don't even know why I said biker chick. We're going to edit that one out. This one, because this one's a good service. This one's going on. I, we're going to have to edit a lot of this stuff out. So hey, y'all hold on a second. I'm going to make a clean break, make it easy for Jared to edit this thing out. All right. So... <laughs> I started dating this girl. Her dad was a pastor and I just wanted to be with her and I went to church. I just endured church. I endured church. I know there are others of you in the room. You just don't want to admit it. I'm just being real enough with you. Like I didn't even like church. It was boring. I sat still, listened to some guy talk for an hour, sang songs that I didn't know about. And I got up and left. And then me and her got to hang out after that. That's why I went. And so my influence of God was from literally her dad. He taught me really well. He introduced me to God and he loved me in a way. And and I hung around long enough that in 1997, I felt, and I didn't know what was going on at the time, but it was the Holy Spirit come upon me and said, Scott, it's time for you to give your life to Jesus. In 1997, I got saved. Yeah. I got introduced to God by other people. And so long story short, I, I started to feel a calling on my life of being a minister. I mean, out of the blue. And I didn't know how to be a pastor. Literally, I went to pastor this church up in Moxville, North Carolina. The church is still there, believe it or not. And I started pastoring it. 
They actually allowed me to be their pastor. I preached my very first sermon of my existence as their pastor one Sunday morning. Had no idea what I was to do. But I watched my father-in-law, I watched other men, and I grabbed everything that they had and started to form the way I viewed God. I know none of you are in here in that boat. You've probably not watched your parents or grandparents and just formed your view of God like me. But I did. Let me write another one. I lost my pen. Let me write another one here. And I'm going to go quickly through this. But look, God, family, look, what do you think about this guy? Who, who or what is forming the way you view Jesus? So I'm going to tell you, if you're simply listening to sermons, if you're just listening for what a man or a woman has to say about Jesus, can I just tell you, you're probably just getting the tip of the iceberg of who Jesus is. And then this one gets really spooky, and I'm going to write it in a real spooky way. I'm going to say, Holy Ghost. Who or what is defining the way you view this? Your family. And there's another one right here. This is just, we're going now real more real life. Finances. And then we can tie these others together. Your faith, your journey. Here's a huge one for a lot of people in this room. Who or what is defining who you are? This is my list, so I get to make it. See, immediately some of us cringe. Oh, no. Because we have allowed someone else to define sex for us. I'm just going to stop with this list for time's sake. I want to push you. Please go find out what other things go on your list that make up your life. Yes, this makes up our life. This actually made your life. God created this to be a wonderful thing. It is not a weird thing or an awkward thing to talk about. It is only awkward when we have allowed the world to pollute the way that we think on things. Some of you parents have little children in here right now and you're like, oh no, I have to go explain what that is. Why did he write it right under Jesus and the Holy Ghost? Like you're thinking, there's no way that that should even be on the same page. You're right. That needs a page of its own. But like, what is going on? Who is influencing the way you think on these things? I have opened my mind in my journey, especially over the last few years. I've opened my mind and said, God, I want to know what you think. I want to know your standard. I want to know what you want for my life when it comes to finances. Hey, God, I want to know what you want for my life when it comes to sex. I want to know what you want for my life and my family. And I've opened my mind 
And I allow the Holy Spirit to just pour those things, pour those truths, and pour those promises in. But here's where we're going to go for just a few moments this morning. And the Holy Spirit is going to literally take over. He is going to say things to you that I'm not going to be able to say. I don't know if you heard Pastor Brent last Sunday talk about this, but there are like, we're not the ones teaching you. The Holy Spirit has inspired me. He's inspired me to live. He's inspired me to say some things, but I'm going to say something and the Holy Spirit is going to inspire you way different than he may inspire me with it. He is going to teach you if you allow him. And so what I want to do is spur you on to allow to go get some space where the Holy Spirit can teach us on these things. So here we go. Matthew chapter four. Uh, Let's skip. I'm not going to do Matthew four. I'm going to skip that one. That's a good story. And if you want to read it later, go Matthew four around verses, start at verse 18. I want to jump down to uh, Mark. I'm going to talk out of Mark here for the rest of our time this morning. And it's a story that I've read wrong for a lot of years. I won't say somebody taught it to me wrong. I wasn't listening, but I, I have read it wrong as a pastor. I've read it wrong. I've read it out of an unhealthy mindset of who Jesus really is. Okay, my mind was formed on who Jesus was because I've heard other people talk about Jesus. I heard other men and even women teach me about who Jesus is. But under the influence of the Holy Spirit, an open mind to the Holy Spirit, God has said to me, Scott, you've read this all wrong. Jesus is not like that. All right. And I'm here in Mark chapter 10. I'm reading this story about the rich young man. Your heading may say the rich young ruler. So here's some practical stuff for us as we go back into this world. Speaking of world, there's two influences. I only think there's two. There is right here a world influence and then there is a kingdom influence. I don't see any in between. The world is telling us one thing. And it is contrary to the way of the kingdom. Real quick, for instance. The world tells us to have abundance The world tells us that we are to gather as much as we possibly can. And the kingdom, the kingdom is telling us, Jesus said, that it is way better to give. Give than it is to receive. I want to brag on this church real quick. There's two churches that are actually starting, right? They they started earlier this morning. But there's two churches that one is in Greensboro and one is down in Apex, North Carolina. And because you guys understand generosity, you all were able to financially bless those two churches today as they started out for the very first time. 
You see, it is about giving away as much as we possibly can give away. The world tells us to store up, to hoard, and to make sure that you have enough. The kingdom operates in a 180 different degree level. The, the kingdom, I mean, the world, the world tells us this about other people. It tells us to climb over them, do whatever you got to do to get yours. Whatever you got to do to make sure you're on top. And how do I know this? Think about what you're getting ready to go do tomorrow. You're going, most of you are going to work. You're going to work tomorrow and you're going to be, some of us are on the defensive. I wonder if I'm going to be able to keep my job. I hope my numbers are okay. I hope I'm better than the person beside of me. Crawl over, do whatever you got to do to get to the top. That's what the world tells us. But then the kingdom, the kingdom operates in a total different plane. The kingdom says, hey, hey, Consider others better than yourself. This is one that's real personal. The world has told me for several years as the Lord has blessed us and we get to be at a church like this. You lead a phenomenal team of people that are way more talented and smarter than you. The world said, Scott, if you don't have the answer when you walk in the room, what kind of leader are you? The world has told me that if you don't have something profound to say, then why are you even there? The world has told me that I've always got to be talking. And because I have a friendship with the Holy Spirit, you know what he said to me recently? The Holy Spirit said, Scott, I'm not a blabbermouth. Scott, I just don't talk all the time. And that's why, like, in the book of James, go look this up. The Holy Spirit, my friend, told James, he said, James, I need you to write this down. I need you to tell people to be slow to speak. I need you to not only be slow to speak, but I need you to be quick to listen and slow to become angry. You don't always have to have an answer. These are the two influences that are influencing everything that I've written on this board. And there's some of us in here, and this isn't negative, harmful, damaging, evil, vile. The world is not that. But we've allowed this to shape the way we think on everything. So in this story here in Mark chapter 10, it says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. Verse 19, you know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not, be, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. I've read that wrong my whole life. 
I've read that and said, oh God, please don't ask me to do something like that. Because I got, I got some nice things. I don't want to have to go give them all away and then give my life to Jesus. I've read that in a negative context of Jesus Christ. I read that and I'm like, God, like, how could you do that? Like, that's a mean God. Or God, you want me to be poor and you don't want me to have anything? I see, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying here is that there is a mindset, there is a context, there are things in this rich young man's life that is not going to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. There are some things, their mindsets, ways of life that are not going to be able to journey the way with Jesus. Those things that he had to give away probably weren't evil and terrible and sinful. But they were mindsets. They were past experiences. He had probably had some other people influencing him and Jesus had to say, hey, all that stuff, there needs to be a purging of the way you think. There needs to be a purging rich young man of your mindset. Because I'm not just wanting you to come follow me. Jesus wasn't trying to build a big crowd. He was offering people in his day a journey into something new that they had never experienced before. You know, my heart, like it's burdened. And my reaction is anger. But my heart is burdened that there's a lot of us, me included, that we've built up a mindset about all these things and even more. Listen, your list is probably gonna look different than this, but we've set a mindset and we have cased it in to the point where if the Holy Spirit wanted to come in, there's no way he's gonna force himself in. And we've got a mindset and a way of life that is literally keeping us from experiencing the kingdom of God here on this earth. And that's all that he was saying to this rich young man. Hey, dude, you need to get rid of all that stuff. You need almost a hard reset of the way you view life. What you think is life is not the life that I have for you. I love the fact that we have these young people in here. Listen, I'm telling you right now, talk to your parents because they're the ones that are gonna have to give you permission and the authority to run rampant when the Holy Spirit moves on you. I want what I saw Wednesday night. It's here Wednesday night. We pray here on Wednesday nights. 6.45, we were almost two hours into prayer. And I ran into a friend of mine. I just met him that night sitting right over there in that section. And I just went over and I just had a conversation. I said, hey, man, we talked. And, and I'm the preacher, so I'm supposed to pray, right? That's not what I did. I saw a friend of mine. She was standing here having a conversation with someone else. I, I went and got her because I just knew the Lord had something from her to give to him. So I grabbed my friend and I came over here and I sat down with this young man that I just met. And actually my friend went out into the atrium and literally she brought like 12 more people with her to pray over my friend. And three of the people that she brought back into this auditorium were three teenagers, like 
12 and 13 years old. You gotta understand, I have a male friend here that I'm getting ready to pray over. 12 people show up. Three teenage girls start prophesying and giving words of encouragement to this adult male. And some of you may say, well, wait a minute, were they trained to prophesy? No. That's not a normal event, even in this church yet. But can I tell you something like God showed me the future? He said, this is what it is like when you unhinder people's thinking. When you allow all of the past and all of the walls and all of the influences other than the Holy Spirit to infect our minds. So I sat and I saw two teenage girls prophesy with boldness, fear and trembling. But they knew what God was asking of them and they went for it. He says, it's not normal in our culture, but it's normal in the kingdom. I love the fact these are teenage girls and this is what is influencing their minds. It's not me, the preacher, telling them who the Holy Ghost is. This I can teach. I can read you 400 scriptures about the Holy Ghost. I can tell you who Jesus is. I can tell you about God. I can tell you my structure of family. I can tell you my opinion about finances. I can tell you my faith journey. But listen, there is just something about it when you experience it for yourself. And God starts coloring in the pictures. And it's got his fingerprint. And it's got your fingerprint on it together. So Jesus wasn't being mean to this guy. He was just saying, hey, all of that stuff, it's time for a purging. And then after that purge, come follow me because I want to show you some new things. I want you to be able to see with clarity, maybe for the first time in your life. I want you to be able to hear things, not of your world, but of mine. So this morning, like there's a supernatural purge getting ready to take place in this very room, in some of your very minds. I can't do it. I just have to tee this thing up, set the stage, fix the table, whatever you want to call it. But here's what I think. Here's what I think. I think there's some of us in this room that know exactly what I'm talking about. Your mind is racing. Your mind is cluttered. Your mind has been influenced. And today, under the Holy Spirit's authority, a resetting of your mind can take place. Just like with this rich young man, Jesus is saying, let's purge, 
And then I want to go show you some things.